You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Screener Squad. Today, I have Tessa, Jordan, and Rose. Say hi, everyone. Ah. Or, or I should should I say scream, everyone? <laughs> ah. <laughs> Today, we are gathered to talk about Queer for Fear, a new documentary on Shudder. Again, I will say Shudder is like my new favorite streaming service. Mm-hmm. They're putting out good content and they're also buying a bunch of old horror po- properties and I'm watching a whole bunch of new things I'd never seen before because yay, the internet. But back on point, today we're talking about Queer for Fear. And I don't know if any of you know this, I am a cis white male. <laughs> um, I know it's I know it's hard to believe and not that I had to be anything else to enjoy this, but I really enjoyed this series and I'm glad I signed up for it because, you know, I, 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 I grew up watching horror with the lens that I knew of my truth, right? Like kid from the Midwest grew up in a Catholic family, kind of sheltered until he got out in the world. It's like, Oh shit, there's all these things. Right. But growing up watching horror, you know, I always saw the other as, myself the outcast because i was never popular but adding this queer lens over everything gives it a whole new perspective and a whole new dialogue like i had always connected to horror myself and i and i always did connect with the other but i just mainly thought that's because i was a bit of an outcast and also well the autism uh but no, turns out uh, secretly, oh, I was a transgender gay woman. I still love horror, but watching this reexamined why I love horror so much. And also, by the way, mm-hmm. you do have a queer woman to thank for the horror and science fiction genre in Mary Shelley. She was bi, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and, and like, it, that's one of the things like, you know, it's always like, oh, yeah, I know that. But 
again, me being me, I really don't have that lens to really dig into what that means and what that meant later on when her work started getting made into movies. Yeah. And just how that just changed it ever so slightly. Like you can't see it from that sort of perspective or angle. Mine, mine is I'm a bisexual gender fluid person and never really feeling overtly masculine or femme. And so when they were talking about the film vamp, I was like, yes, yes. Grace Jones. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, loving it. Um, so yeah, there's, there's things in that that I kind of saw myself in that I didn't even know at the time when I was younger. Cause I didn't really figure out being gender fluid until recently and in college i just was like i don't know what's going on and my friend was like you're just tessa gendered and i was like awesome we'll go with that by the way i am honestly so happy when this documentary covered vamp because i was like oh thank fuck i'm not the only one that knows about this movie yeah well and that's what's cool about this documentary you know because you know again for straight white man chad all of this is new to me being, you know, everybody else that's not queer. But being queer doesn't mean one specific thing. It's many different things. And, you know, the lens is there, but there's, you know, there's a trans lens. There's a lesbian lens. There's so many different perspectives. Again, it was just it was a great thought experiment of watching these people talk about their experience and attaching that to what they knew from growing up with horror and to see those experiences and to, to get that type of uh, perspective. It's totally adds a whole awesome new layer to a genre I already love. Yeah. Like there, there are a lot of these movies that I have seen all different kinds of interpretations for, and it's, it's always fun to do different readings on things like this. And so a lot of the movies that were talked about are ones that I'm very well familiar with and know some of the kind of uh, things that people had interpreted in and out from them. But this cast a whole new light on some of these movies and just, I mean, makes me want to go back and rewatch a lot of them with that perspective. Cause it's like watching it all over again for the first time. Like I, like I all like I was always in the camp of thinking I, I I honestly kind of enjoyed Bride of Frankenstein a little bit more than the original Frankenstein movie, but it's amplified since coming out because they even mention it here. It's like it's this new being, this new woman that's been created, and she's like. No, I don't want that fucking guy. No, fuck this. I'm going to go out, enjoy the world, and see what the hell I can do. She looks hot. Let's fucking go with that. Give this monster some agency, yeah, why exactly. don't we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole thing is like seeing what people's different interpretations versus like what the actual like writers and the director's intentions were, because a lot of the writers and directors were queer. And so they were trying to express themselves in ways that they couldn't openly in society at the time. So it's all coded, but it's all there. But in like some more like contemporary ones, you know, maybe aren't um, don't need to be as closeted and maybe you can just interpret it that way. Like with the invasion of the body snatchers, they're saying like, oh, it could be like, oh, it could be con. They could be communists or queer. Like they're both equally bad, apparently. Yeah. It could be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was at one point where you'd pr where they'd probably say in the 1950s, say, yo, commie, and that'd be better than being a faggot. 
uh, you know, more or less. And I do, I, I do want to say, I do like the trajectory of topics because we do start with literature, which is where it did get its beginning, towards film, which are like the first two episodes. And the third is more about metaphors within uh like the werewolf transformations and being abducted by aliens or realizing you are an alien and topping off with my personal favorite the fourth episode being all about queer women and the history of horror and thriller let's not forget that's two we got two genres here i have watched film before with a queer lens but just not I've, I haven't watched all of these films with that lens. But, you know, movies I can think of, uh, Jordan, you mentioned it like Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Ravenous. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Uh, Civil War era. Yes. Cannibals. Yes. It's, it is very gay. Um, <laughs> and I love it. It's such a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Now I have to rewatch it now. Yeah. Uh, who's is not Ray Fiennes. Um Ah, I'll figure Ethan it out Hawk? later. But Isn't Ethan Hawke in it? No. Mm. Did they have Ethan Hawke money? Well, I knows? will say, I have already, because of this documentary, rewatched The Hunger Masterpiece. Uh, and and for the first time since I came out, Bound, which was a big uh, topic in the final episode because it because they do even have Jennifer Tilly as a talking head wondering, it's like, how was it like, these two men, as it were, were able to fu- make a movie that was so understanding and accurate to to lesbianism, and it's like, well, they're they're trans lesbians, and they hired a sex expert that was a lesbian. Yeah. They had like a sex expert on staff, which like, I will say, like to help which the actors. I will say upon rewatching, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, guy Pierce, by the way, who's in Ravenous. Ah. Going back to earlier, I think uh, what sucks is there's so many movies that didn't get shown. But, you know, I'm hoping that there's a sequel because how could how could this the song, by the oh, way, the we haven't talked about the song. Amazing. The intro music is oh, bang. I have all, mm-hmm. it's a I have already added it to my workout mix. <laughs> <laughs> the VHS look of it, the the color they would just do slightly different uh, color offsets by adding the the hot pink or whatever the primary colors for their overall. Uh, well, look all is they had doing, to do was look but... at Brian Fuller's sh- suit when he was on screen. Yeah. Who, by the way, was the executive <laughs> producer behind us and director? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of movies here. A that I haven't watched, but like like all the the Universal horror movies, I've never watched them only because. <gasps> They're so ingrained into the zeitgeist. Rose like, just gasped audibly. <sighs> I know, I know. Knowing that the director and writer was gay, um, with that lens and with the different stories he was able to do in like this very tight window in Hollywood where, hey, nobody liked homosexuals, but hey, we're out in Hollywood, nobody gives a shit. It was before, you know, the 30s. He got to make these really cool films and then he ended up killing himself. And I mean, there was a couple it's it sucks because I I may not be able to feel what it feels like to be queer, but I know what it feels like to be alone. And I know what it feels like to be at that moment where you think like it doesn't matter and I want to end it all. And to think that these people had to go through that because everyone else is a piece of shit is just horrible. 
it sucks and it's just a harsh reminder like continually and up until today what queer people had to do to survive um what man sorry my kids right here what queer people had to do to survive just to get through day to day well, it's, it's, also, it's almost as if we're still having to do all that to just keep surviving. I will say the timing of this documentary is also very apt with the upcoming midterms where it feels like my identity is about to be criminalized. And it, and, and it does even touch on that, on how villainous at times, like... Uh, you know, queer people were, especially when it got to Hitchcock, when it, when it got to the Hitchcock discussion, uh, you know, stuff, you know, he, and he's worked with like queer writers as well, you know, Patricia Highsmith and Arthur Lamentis. Like, by the way, if you watch this and you've never seen Rope as a context of this is gay, I want to live. I want to see how you see the world because even <laughs> right. even before I came out, I knew just blinders, just blinders, I, Jordan. I, I, even before I came out, I knew Rope. Wow, one of the gayest movies I have ever seen. <laughs> and of course, you know, talking about Hitchcock, there's two great discussions that we're obviously going to have to be have. One is Rebecca and. My stance is that, yes, Mrs. Danvers was a surface bottom. You think she would ever fucking top? <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> and, of course, Anthony Perkins and what Psycho did for him, which is where I learned that Ox from Legally Blonde is Anthony Perkins' kid. Yeah. I hadn't seen Bound before this. Well, I still haven't seen it. I need to watch it. But pretty much everything else they reference I've seen or like I've seen most of it. But Bound, I didn't know it. Well, roll into your final thoughts, because that was going to be one of my questions for everybody. Is there a horror movie in this that you are now going to watch that you haven't watched before? Oh, 100 percent Bound is on my list now. And then like some of the more classic like monster movies that I've only seen, like some of the more like um notable scenes from you know um i'm pretty sure i've seen nosferatu from beginning to end at some point but some of the other ones i haven't like seen them from beginning to end uh yeah this is a really good documentary uh they have just a slew of guests and main hosts and some of them are repping some uh really dope outfits and costumes for the season oh my um, God, yes yeah, there's a really good like a uh, werewolf costume that I was it was giving me life. Um but they they did a great job just like getting the cast and writing and doing the research and you know just talking I I just I just love symbolism. I love symbolism so much and some of these things kind of like validated uh ideas I had already about it and then some of them made me look at things in a new light which I always appreciate so I'm gonna give this docu series uh I'm gonna give it uh 9.5 out of 10 those nails are too long for that girl to be queer <laughs> uh well if there are well if there's any movie uh i want to see now because this believe it or not as much as the, uh, i've seen of the universal war movies i haven't actually seen dracula's daughter so and, 
And that, yeah, that comes up in the finale, especially among, like, the basic everyone saying, yeah, vampires are gay as hell. They've always been gay as hell. If you're surprised by the new interview with the vampire series, again, I want to see how you see the world. But this was an amazing documentary. Again, I have always loved the horror genre. Having since come out as a transgender lesbian makes all the more sense as to why I was so drawn to these stories, these characters, the monsters, the other, and why I always wanted to craft my own sort of stories with these. There are some great insights, some things I never knew about movies before, and is just amazing. I do hope we get a second season, because honestly, in the queer realm of genre with uh, horror and thriller, there's a lot you can explore. There really is. This is like touching surface level, but it hit deep into the surface. So I'm going to give this 9.5 out of 10 VHS copies of FAMP because I seriously no longer want to be the only person that has seen FAMP. Uh, yeah, I am one of those eggheads that really enjoys doing things like this, examining stories new and old through lenses uh, that might not have been immediately apparent at first, at least to me. Um, but it they they really shine a spotlight on a lot of things that, yeah, makes makes the movie just be a completely different movie in my eyes. Um, and it also put some new movies on my list that I hadn't seen at all. That, yeah, I, I definitely want to. Most of them being a lot of the movies from that kind of universal horror era, whether they were or not. Some of them are, but not all. Um, just to go back knowing, especially if they were from the voices of queer directors, writers, actors, all that, uh, to go back and look through it or look at it through that lens and see how much uh, differently I interpret it. Um, I, I will say, though, we had briefly talked about this uh, before we started recording, that out of all of the uh, queer horror movies and thriller movies out there, they didn't talk about what is probably one of the most famous, which is Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which we were all very surprised by. I mean, maybe it's because everyone knows that's the gay one or it's just been talked about to death or whatnot. But that being said, it did give a lot of time to some of those other movies that, you know, haven't gotten as much attention, which was really cool. Um, and I do hope that it gets at least another season because surely there's a lot more to talk about in this realm of stuff. Uh, and with that, I will give it nine out of ten exquisitely Carrie-inspired drag ensembles. I had really fun with this documentary. It looked good. It sounded good. Uh, it was very uh, simplistic, you know, the the dark void background. But they did this, you know... It, it's a thing that people do now, but they kind of like move the lights and record it and they'll kind of cast a shadow. And it's a cool, neat effect that's really cheap to do. And when it's done right with everything else, it just looks amazing. So, yeah, nine and a half. Uh, 
top down. Top down? Yeah. Top down? Yeah. Nine and a half top yep. down. Good job, You're learning. Thank you. Give him the I'm star learning. sticker. Give him the scratch and sniff star I'll you, sticker. I'll give you a rainbow sticker. There you go. Yay. You're learning. Yay. <laughs> Soon we will turn everyone gay. And, oh, shit. There's still recordings. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Chad. 